Section 13 of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Nathan Jordan. Ulysses by James Joyce. Part 2. The Odyssey. Episode 8. Lestragonians. Part 3. Mr. Bloom ate his strips of sandwich, fresh clean bread, with relish of disgust pungent mustard, the feety savor of green cheese. Sips of his wine soothed his palate. Not logwood that. Tastes fuller this weather with the chill-off. Nice quiet bar. Nice piece of wood in that counter. Nicely planed. Like the way it curves there. I wouldn't do anything at all in that line, Davy Byrne said. It ruined many a man, the same horses. Vintner's sweepstake, licensed for the sale of beer, wine, and spirits for consumption on the premises. Heads I win, tails you lose. True for you, Nosey Flynn said, unless you're in the know. There's no straight sport going now. Linehan gets some good ones. He's giving scepter today. Zinfandel's the favorite. Lord Howard de Walden's wanted Epsom. Morney Cannon is riding him. I could have got seven to one against St. Amant a fortnight before. That's so, Davy Byrne said. He went towards the window and, taking up the petty cash book, scanned its pages. I could, faith, Nosey Flynn said, snuffling. That was a rare bit of horse flesh. St. Fruscan was her sire. She won in the thunderstorm, Rothschild's filly, with wadding in her ears. Blue jacket and yellow cap. Bad luck to Big Ben Dollard and his John O'Gant. He put me off it, eh? He drank resignedly from his tumbler, running his fingers down the flutes. Eh, he said, sighing. Mr. Bloom, champing, standing, looked upon his sigh. Nosy numbskull, will I tell him that horse Linehan? He knows already. Better let him forget. Go and lose more. Fool and his money. Dewdrop coming down again. Cold nose he'd have kissing a woman. Still, they might like. Prickly beards they like. Dogs, cold noses. Old Mrs. Riordan with the rumbling stomach Sky Terrier in the City Arms Hotel. Molly fondling him in her lap. Oh, the big doggy bow wowsy wowsy. Wine soaked and softened, rolled pith of bread mustard, a moment mawkish cheese. Nice wine it is. Taste it better because I'm not thirsty. Bath, of course, does that. Just a bite or two. Then about six o'clock I can. Six. Six. Time will be gone then. She... Mild fire of wine kindled his veins. I wanted that badly, felt so off-color. His eyes unhungrily saw shelves of tins, sardines, gaudy lobsters, claws, all the odd things people pick up for food. Out of shells, periwinkles with a pin, off trees, snails out of the ground, the French eat, out of the sea with bait on a hook. Silly fish learn nothing in a thousand years. If you didn't know risky putting anything into your mouth, poisonous berries, Johnny Maggeries, 
roundness you think good. Gaudy color warns you off. One fellow told another, and so on. Try it on the dog first. Led on by the smell or the look, tempting fruit, ice cones, cream, instinct. Orange groves, for instance, need artificial irrigation. Leibtreistrasse, yes, but what about oysters? Unsightly like a clot of phlegm, filthy shells, devil to open them too. Who found them out? Garbage, sewage they feed on, fizz and red bank oysters, effect on the sexual. Aphroidus, he was in the red bank this morning. Was he oysters, old fish at table, perhaps? He young flesh in bed, no June has, no are no oysters. But there are people like things high, tainted game, jugged hair, first catch your hair. Chinese eating eggs fifty years old, blue and green again. Dinner of thirty courses. Each dish harmless might mix inside, idea for a poison mystery. That Archduke Leopold, was it, no, yes, or was it Otto, one of those Habsburgs? Or who was it used to eat the scruff off his own head? Cheapest lunch in town, of course, aristocrats. Then the others copy to be in the fashion. Millie to rock oil and flour, raw pastry I like myself. Half the catch of oysters they throw back in the sea to keep up the price cheap no one would buy caviar do the grand hawk in green glasses swell blowout lady this powdered bosom pearls the elite creme de la creme they want special dishes to pretend they're hermit with a platter of pulse keep down the stings of the flesh know me come eat with me royal sturgeon high sheriff Coffee, the butcher, write to venisons of the forest from his ex. Send him back the half of a cow. Spread I saw down in the master of the roll's kitchen area. White-hatted chef like a rabbi. Combustible duck. Curly cabbage a la Duchesse de Parma. Just as well to write it on the bill of fare, so you can know what you've eaten. Too many drugs spoil the broth. I know it myself dosing it with Edward's desiccated soup, geese stuffed silly for them. Lobsters boiled alive. Do take some ptarmigan. Wouldn't mind being a waiter in a swell hotel. Tips, evening dress, half-naked ladies. May I tempt you to a little more filet lemon sole, Miss Dubidad? Yes, Dubidad. And she did, bedad. Huguenot name, I expect that. A Miss Dubidad lived in Killiney, I remember. Du de la French. Still, it's the same fish, perhaps, old Mickey Hanlon of Moore Street ripped the guts out of making money, hand over fist, finger in fish's gills, can't write his name on a check, think he was painting the landscape with his mouth twisted. Muakil. Ah, acha-ha, ignorant as a kish of bruges, worth fifty thousand pounds. Stuck on the pane, two flies buzzed, stuck. Glowing wine on his palate lingered, swallowed. Crushing in the wine-press grapes of burgundy. 
Some heat it is, seems to a secret touch telling me memory, touched his sense, moistened, remembered, hidden under wild ferns on house, below us bay sleeping, sky, no sound, the sky, the bay purple by the lion's head, green by drumlick, yellow-green toward Sutton, fields of undersea, the lines faint brown in grass, buried cities, pillowed on my coat she had her hair, earwigs in the heather scrub my hand under her nape, you'll toss me all, oh wonder, cool soft with ointments her hand touched me, caressed, her eyes upon me did not turn away, ravished over her I lay, full lips, full open, kissed her mouth, yum, softly she gave me in my mouth the seed cake warm and chewed, mockish pulp her mouth had mumbled sweet sour of her spittle, joy, I ate it, joy, young life, her lips that gave me pouting, soft, warm, sticky gum jelly lips, flowers her eyes were, take me, willing eyes, pebbles fell, she lay still, a goat, no one, high on Ben Howth rhododendrums, and any goat walking sure-footed, dropping currents, screened under ferns, she laughed warm-folded, wildly I lay on her, kissed her, eyes, her lips, her stretched neck beating, woman's breasts full in her blouse of nuns veiling, fat nipples upright, hot I tongued her, she kissed me, I was kissed, all yielding she tossed my hair, kissed, she kissed me, me, and me now, stuck, the flies buzzed, his downcast eyes followed the silent veining of the oaken slab, beauty, it curves, curves are beauty, shapely goddesses, Venus, Juno, curves the world admires, can see them, library, museum, standing in the round hall, naked goddesses, aids to digestion, they don't care what man looks, all to see, never speaking, I mean to say to fellows like Flynn, suppose she did Pygmalion and Galatea, what would she say first? Mortal, put you in your proper place, quaffing nectar at mess with the gods' golden dishes, all ambrosial, not like a tanner lunch we have, boiled mutton, carrots and turnips, bottle of allsop, nectar, imagine it drinking electricity, God's food, lovely forms of women sculpted Junonian, immortal lovely, and we stuffing food in one hole and out behind, food, chyle, blood, dung, earth, food, have to feed it like stoking an engine, they have no, never looked, I'll look today, keeper won't see, bend down, let something drop, see if she, dribbling a quiet message from his bladder, came to go, to do, not to do, there to do, a man, and ready he drained his glass to the lees, and walked, to men too they gave themselves, manly conscious, lay with men-lovers, a youth enjoyed her to the yard. When the sound of his boots had ceased, 
Davy Byrne said from his book. What is this he is? Isn't he in the insurance line? He's out of that long ago, Nosy Flynn said. He does canvassing for the freemen. I know him well to see, Davy Byrne said. Is he in trouble? Trouble, Nosy Flynn said. Not that I heard of, why? I noticed he was in mourning. Was he, Nosy Flynn said. So he was, faith. I asked him how he was all at home. You're right, by God. So he was. I never broached the subject, Davy Byrne said humanely. If I see a gentleman is in trouble that way, it only brings it up fresh in their minds. It's not the wife, anyhow, Nosy Flynn said. I met him the day before yesterday, and he coming out of that Irish farm dairy John Weiss Nolan's wife has in Henry Street with a jar of cream in his hand, taking it home to his better half. She's well nourished, I tell you. Plover's on toast. And is he doing for the freeman? Davy Byrne said. Nosy Flynn pursed his lips. He doesn't buy cream on the ads he picks up. You can make bacon of that. How so? Davy Byrne asked, coming from his book. Nosy Flynn made swift passes in the air with juggling fingers. He winked. He's in the craft, he said. Do you tell me so? Davy Byrne said. Very much so, Nosy Flynn said. Ancient, free, and accepted order. He's an excellent brother. Light, life, and love, by God. They give him a leg up. I was told that by a... Well, I won't say who. Is that a fact? Oh, it's a fine order, Nosy Flynn said. They stick to you when you're down. I know a fellow was trying to get into it. But they're as close as damn it. By God, they did right to keep the women out of it. Davy Byrne smiled, yawned, and nodded all in one. Ay-a-chach! There was one woman, Nosy Flynn said, hid herself in a clock to find out what they do be doing. But be damned, but they smelt her out and swore her in on the spot of Master Mason. That was one of the St. Ledgers of Donnerail. Davy Byrne, sated after his yawn, said with tear-washed eyes, And is that a fact? Decent, quiet man he is. I often saw him in here, and I never once saw him, you know, over the line. God Almighty couldn't make him drunk, Nosy Flynn said firmly. Slips off when the fun gets too hot. Didn't you see him look at his watch? Ah, you weren't there. If you ask him to have a drink, first thing he does, he outs with the watch to see what he ought to imbibe. Declare to God he does. There are some like that, Davy Byrne said. He's a safe man, I'd say. He's not too bad, Nosy Flynn said, snuffling it up. He's been known to put his hand down to help a fellow, give the devil his due. Oh, Bloom has his good points. But there's one thing he'll never do. His hand scrawled a dry pen signature beside his grog. I know, Davy Byrne said. Nothing in black and white, Nosy Flynn said. Paddy Leonard and Bantam Lyons came in. Tom Rockford followed, frowning, a planing hand on his claret waistcoat. Day, Mr. Byrne. Day, gentlemen. 
They paused at the counter. Who's standing? Patty Leonard asked. I'm sitting anyhow, Nosy Flynn answered. Well, what'll it be? Patty Leonard asked. I'll take a stone ginger, Bantam Lyme said. How much? Patty Leonard cried. Since when, for God's sake? What's yours, Tom? How is the main drainage? Nosy Flynn asked, sipping. For answer, Tom Rockford pressed his hand to his breastbone and hiccuped. Would I trouble you for a glass of fresh water, Mr. Byrne? he said. Certainly, sir. Paddy Leonard eyed his alemates. Lord love a duck, he said. Look at what I'm standing drinks to. Cold water and ginger pop. Two fellows that would suck whiskey off a sore leg. He has some bloody horse up his sleeve for the gold cup. A dead snip. Zinfandel, is it? Nosy Flynn asked. Tom Rockford spilt powder from a twisted paper into the water set before him. That cursed dyspepsia, he said before drinking. Bread soda is very good, Davy Burns said. Tom Rockford nodded and drank. Is it Zinfandel? Say nothing, Bantam Lyons winked. I'm going to plunge five bob on my own. Tell us if you're worth your salt and be damned to you, Paddy Leonard said. Who gave it to you? Mr. Bloom, on his way out, raised three fingers in greeting. So long, Nosy Flynn said. The others turned. That's the man now that gave it to me, Bantam Lyons whispered. Pfft! Paddy Leonard said with scorn, Mr. Byrne, sir, we'll take two of your small Jamesons after that, and, uh, stone ginger, Davy Byrne added civilly. Hey, Paddy Leonard said, a sucking bottle for the baby. Mr. Bloom walked towards Dawson Street, his tongue brushing his teeth smooth. Something green it would have to be, spinach, say. Then with those raunchin rays searchlight you could. At Duke Lane a ravenous terrier choked up a sick, knuckly cud on the cobblestones and lapped it up with new zest. Surfeit. Returned with thanks, having fully digested the contents, first sweet, then savory, Mr. Bloom coasted warily. Ruminants, his second course. Their upper jaw they move. Wonder if Tom Rockford will do anything with that invention of his. Wasting time explaining it to Flynn's mouth. Lean people long mouths. Ought to be a hall or a place where inventors could go in and invent free. Course, then you'd have all the cranks pestering. He hummed. Prolonging in solemn echo the closes of the bars, Don Giovanni. A sinor teco im invitasti. Feel better? Burgundy. Good pick-me-up. Who distilled first? Some chap in the blues. Dutch courage. That killiny people in the National Library. Now I must. Bare, clean, closed stools waiting in the window of William Miller, plumber, turned back his thoughts. They could, and watch it all the way down. Swallow a pin, sometimes, come out of the ribs years after. To round the body, changing biliary duct spleen, squirting liver, gastric juice, coils of intestines like pipes. But the poor buffer would have to stand all the time with his insides, entrails on show. Science. A. Senor Teco. What does that Teco mean? Tonight, perhaps? 
Don Giovanni, thou hast me invited to come to supper tonight, to rum the rum-dum. Doesn't go properly. Keys, two months if I get Nanetti too. That'll be two pounds ten, about two pounds eight. Three Hines owes me. To eleven, Prescott's Dye Works van over there. If I get Billy Prescott's ad, two fifteen. Five guineas about, on the pig's back. Could buy one of those silk petticoats for Molly, color of her new garters. Today, today, not think. To the south, then. What about English watering places? Brighton, Margate, peers by moonlight, her voice floating out. Those lovely seaside girls. Against John Long's, a drowsing loafer lounged in heavy thought, gnawing a crusted knuckle. Handyman wants job, small wages, will eat anything. Mr. Bloom turned at Gray's confectioner's window of unbought tarts and passed the Reverend Thomas Conlon's bookstore. Why I left the Church of Rome, Bird's Nest. Women run him. They say they used to give pauper children soup to change to Protestants in the time of the potato blight. Society over the way Papa went to for the conversion of poor Jews. Same bait. Why we left the Church of Rome. A blind stripling stood tapping the curbstone with his slender cane. No tram in sight wants to cross. Do you want to cross? Mr. Bloom asked. The blind stripling did not answer. His wall face frowned weakly. He moved his head uncertainly. You're in Dawson Street, Mr. Bloom said. Molesworth Street is opposite. Do you want to cross? There's nothing in the way. The cane moved out trembling to the left. Mr. Bloom's eyes followed its line and saw again the dye-works van drawn up before Drago's, where I saw his brilliantined hair just when I was horse-drooping, driver in John Long's slacking his drouth. There's a van there, Mr. Bloom said, but it's not moving. I'll see you across. Do you want to go to Molesworth Street? Yes, the stripling answered. South Frederick Street. Come, Mr. Bloom said. He touched the thin elbow gently, then took the limp-seeing hand to guide it forward. Say something to him. Better not do the condescending. They mistrust what you tell them pass a common remark. The rain kept off. No answer. Stains on his coat, slobbers his food, I suppose. Tastes all different for him. Have to be spoon-fed first. Like a child's hand, his hand. Like Millie's was. Sensitive. Sizing me up, I dare say, from my hand. Wonder if he has a name. Van. Keep his cane clear of the horse's legs. Tired drudge get his doze, that's right, clear, behind a bull, in front of a horse. Thanks, sir. Knows I'm a man. Voice. Right now? First turn to the left. The blind stripling tapped the curbstone and went on his way, drawing his cane back, feeling again. Mr. Bloom walked behind the eyeless feet, a flat-cut suit of herringbone tweed. Poor young fellow! How on earth did he know that Van was there? Must have felt it. See things in their forehead, perhaps. Kind of sense of volume. 
weight or size of it, something blacker than the dark. Wonder, would you feel it if something was removed? Feel a gap? Queer idea of Dublin he must have, tapping his way round by the stones. Could he walk in a beeline if he hadn't that cane? Bloodless, pious face like a fellow going in to be a priest. Penrose, that was the chap's name. Look at all the things they can learn to do. Read with their fingers, tune pianos, or we are surprised they have any brains. Why we think a deformed person or a hunchback clever if he says something we might say. Of course, the other senses are more. Embroider, plate baskets, people ought to help. Work basket I could buy for Molly's birthday. Hate sewing, might take an objection. Dark men, they call them. Sense of smell must be stronger, too. Smells on all sides, bunched together. Each street's different smell, each person, too. Then the spring, the summer, smells, tastes. They say you can't taste wines with your eyes shut or a cold in the head. Also, smoke in the dark, they say get no pleasure. And with a woman, for instance, more shameless not seeing, that girl passing the Stuart Institution, head in the air, look at me, I have them all on, must be strange not to see her, kind of a form in his mind's eye. The voice, temperatures, when he touches her with his fingers, must almost see the lines, the curves. His hands on her hair, for instance, say it was black, for instance, good, we call it black. Then, passing over her white skin, different feel, perhaps, feeling of white. Post office must answer. Fag today, sent her a postal order, two shillings, half a crown. Accept my little present. Stationers just here too. Wait, think over it. With the gentle finger he felt ever so slowly the hair combed back above his ears. Again, fibers of fine, fine straw. Then, gently, his finger felt the skin of his right cheek. Downy hair there too, not smooth enough. The belly is the smoothest no one about there he goes into frederick street perhaps to levenston's dancing academy piano might be settling my braces walking by doran's public-house he slid his hand between his waistcoat and trousers and pulling aside his shirt gently felt the slack fold of his belly but i know it's whitey yellow want to try in the dark to see he withdrew his hand and pulled his dress too poor fellow Quite a boy, terrible, really terrible. What dreams would he have, not seeing? Life a dream for him. Where is the justice being born that way? All those women and children, excursion, bean feast, burned and drowned in New York. Holocaust, karma they call that transmigration for sins you did in a past life. The reincarnation met him pike hoses. Dear, 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 pity, of course, but somehow you can't cotton on to them some way. Sir Frederick Falconer going into the Freemason's Hall, solemn as Troy, after his good lunch in Earlsfort Terrace, old legal cronies, cracking a magnum, tales of the bench and 
assizes and annals of the blue-coat school. I sentence him to ten years. I suppose he'd turn up his nose at that stuff I drank, vintage wine for them, the year marked on a dusty bottle. Has his own ideas of justice in the recorder's court. Well-meaning old man, police charge sheets crammed with cases, get their percentage manufacturing crime, sends them to the right about. The devil on moneylenders gave Reuben J. a great straw-calling. Now he's really what they call a dirty Jew. Power those judges have, crusty old toppers and wigs. Bear with a sore paw. And may the Lord have mercy on your soul. Hello, Playcard, Miris Bazaar, His Excellency, the Lord Lieutenant, 16th, Today it is, in aid of funds for Mercer's Hospital. The Messiah was first given for that. Yes, Handel. What about going out there, Ballsbridge? Drop in on Keys. No use sticking to him like a leech. Wear out my welcome. Sure to know someone on the gate. Mr. Bloom came to Kildare Street. First I must library. Straw hat and sunlight, tan shoes. Turned up trousers, it is, it is. His heart quopped softly. To the right, museum. Goddesses, he swerved to the right. Is it almost certain? Won't look wine in my face. Why did I? Too heady, yes, it is. The walk, not see, get on. Making for the museum gate with long, windy steps, he lifted his eyes. Handsome building, Sir Thomas Dean designed. Not following me? Didn't see me, perhaps. Light in his eyes. The flutter of his breath came forth in short sighs. Quick, cold statues. Quiet there. Safe in a minute. No, didn't see me. After two, just at the gate. My heart! His eyes beating looked steadfastly at cream curves of stone. Sir Thomas Dean was the Greek architecture. Look for something, I. His hasty hand went quick into a pocket, took out, read, unfolded, agendat nitem. Where did I? Busy looking. He thrust back quick agendath. Afternoon, she said. I am looking for that. Yes, that. Try all pockets. Hanker, Freeman, where did I? Ah, yes, trousers, potato, purse. Where? Hurry, walk quietly, moment more, my heart. His hand looking for the where did I put found in his hip pocket, soap lotion, have to call, tepid paper stuck. Ah, soap there, I, yes, gate. Safe! End of section 13. Recorded by Nathan Jordan.